Okay, right, we're speaking this morning on Get Ready. Here we go. A few things on there to think about. So uh, I want to read a scripture to us this morning to start. Romans 13, 11 through to 14. If you've got your devices, your apps, or whatever you've got this morning, feel free to just follow along. Don't just take it what I'm saying. Read along with me. Okay, Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. Do this. Knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is almost gone, the day is near, therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not carousing and in drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lusts. Okay, the wife asks her husband, are you ready? Dinner is at eight. We need to get going, it's 7.30 or we'll miss the dinner. A man booked a flight for an important meeting in another country. He got through the luggage, booking, he went through customs. He has a time, he looks on the time, he sees his flight, he sees his gate, and when it departs, he strolls around. He has a look around at all the different things. He uses the toilet, he goes to the bar, he has a few drinks, he enjoys a good conversation with people. Meanwhile, the gate is boarding. He gets up, takes a look at the duty-free. He looks at the prices. He starts to see everything there. Oh, this is good. Then a call over the tannoy. Mr. Jones, you need to board. Your plane is departing. He's busy buying his duty-free. He moves towards the gate. Everyone's gone. There's an eerie quietness. The gate is closed. Mr. Jones paid no attention. The plane is taxiing down, it's going, it's leaving, and he's left. He's made a big mistake. He didn't listen to the signs. We are called to know the times in which we are living in. Listen to what he says. Knowing the time, that it's already the hour for you to awaken. Know the time. What is the scripture talking about? Why does he tell us? This is telling believers to wake up. So maybe those illustrations we can use. Do this knowing the time is already here. Now, Christians are to know the time. You are to know the times that you are living in. Every generation has said this, oh, the Lord is coming. And we've got so used to, we've actually backburned and we talk about healing, we talk about emotions, we talk about getting people into the church and having a great time and God is good and all that stuff. But we're forgetting the kind of times that we're living in that we need to wake up to. I've been so busy at work, focusing on all the jobs I've got, and the pricing, and the work, and, you know, I, and I've hit a problem that I had to have some time off. And I thank God for that time off, because then I started to reevaluate and look around and start to think, what is going on? I've been so focusing over here, I'm not listening. The time is happening, friends, that we need to wake up. Your salvation is nearer now than when you first began, first believed. Christians are called to, this time that I'm talking about is not a natural time, it's God's time. 
It's the time that God has prepared to take his church. The whole teaching can come around about the rapture and about God taking the church, the bride, the believer. And in his time, when Christ is exalted and that he comes for his bride when he's ready, and then the whole change of this world will completely change again. You see, in Christ's coming, there is one scene, but many acts. He came the first time in weakness. He came as a man. He came to suffer and die. The second time he's coming is in the air to take the church. We will meet him. We will be there, risen, taken in a twinkling of an eye. The dead will rise and we who are left shall be caught up when the trumpet sounds and the archangel calls and we who are left will rise. Boom. All happening at once. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He shall take us to his father's house and there will be a great banquet and a worship. And then he'll come again physically to the earth. Because when the church is gone, all hell will let loose on this earth because the restraint has gone. The praying church has taken. The Holy Spirit, as his influence, has gone with the church. And so the Antichrist will come and all hell will let loose on this earth. For three years there will be tribulation and trouble. The Jews, the Israel, will come under such trial. It's called Jacob's trial in the Bible. And the world will surround them and try to annihilate them. And then they will look to him whom they pierced and he shall come in great power and great glory. And this world will be shaken like never before. And he will deal with every enemy. And he will set up his glorious kingdom for a thousand years. And all the nations shall come to Jerusalem. They shall bring the tribute to him. And then we know that the devil's put into the pit for a thousand years and will let loose again in the end time and then the end will come. But for us now, we are waiting for that rapture to go. And the times are telling us that it's near. The time that Jesus comes for the church, there is no uh, real proper signs that will show us. He could just come at any time. And we need to be ready. That's what I'm trying to get today. That's the position that we're in. Let us be ready. Let us be looking. Let us put off all the stuff that's entangling us. Let us be ready. Know the time. Know God's time. Know this time is coming for the church. If there ever, ever was a time for us to awaken, it's now. Because he's coming soon. There is a clock called the doomsday clock. Have you ever heard about it? <laughs> I sort of Googled it this morning. The doomsday clock was set up in 1940. Five, I think, or 47. And it's been changed 12 times. So in 2002, it was changed for the seventh time. And it's, it was set to seven minutes to midnight. Why? Because we're living in a nuclear age. We're living in the threat of an atomic bomb. And it's just been reset again in 2023. 90 seconds to midnight. Because of the imminent problem of what's happening in the world, of a nuclear threat. But let me tell you something. Nobody can press that button and says, unless God says so. Because God's timetable is totally different. His timetable is for the church and for the coming of us. And then there's something that will be set up. But it's not a nuclear bomb. It is the culmination of what he tells us in the Bible. So let us be ready. And now there is a, also a fear in society called a doomsday fear. <laughs> people are fearing because of the end of the world is near. Because people are looking and seeing all the things that are happening. There's a fear in man of the unknown, of the future, what is happening. But for you and I, 
We don't need to go along with that. We awaken to God's call. We're looking up because Jesus is coming. That is different. So secondly, we are called to wake up. Uh, Today, we have a culture of labelling, don't we? You are a fanatic. I'm probably classed as a pastor that's a fanatic because I believe the Bible. (laughs) Because I stand on the word of God. Because I believe every word that's said there is from inspired by God. And it's useful for teaching, instruction, and guidance in our life. I've even talked to Christians that said, oh, you can't trust all the Bible. Jesus didn't have brothers and sisters. It says in the Bible that he did. Oh, no, the tradition of the church says he didn't. Well, chuck the Bible out and believe the church's tradition. That's completely wrong. We believe the Bible, so we're classed as fanatics. You are a phobic. You have a phobic attitude towards many things. You're a conspiracist. Probably people looking online might think, oh, pastor, you're, you, you're into that conspiracy stuff because you're looking at all the times. Well, not really. I'm interested in what's happening because I'm interpreting from the scripture what the Bible says, that Jesus is coming soon. And we all need to do that. People don't question what is happening in our schools. The vile teachings and indoctrination, let me just say it's an indoctrination of our children. There's much happening around us today. AI is developing at a rapid rate. It's evolving so quick that people who created it can't keep up with it. They signed a treaty, all four of them, but only three signed and one didn't because one wants to take it further than the others do. He doesn't want the legislation put in place. Why? Because AI is very powerful. If the military get it, then we're in trouble. But people are in a war, in a race, to develop AI to their needs. BBC Panorama says that AI is now able, at this stage now, to read your mind. To use your voice and speak on your behalf. It's frightening. But let's look up because Jesus is coming soon. Let's look up because it's all part of what the beast will use, the false prophet will use the AI. You'll lose the banking system. Money will be taken. You'll all have an app. That's coming now. You look at the time. You look at what's happening. The banks want you to have an app. They're closing all the high street banks. The central bank will go and everything will be done through an app and they'll know exactly what you're doing. Already... I watched a program last night on the TV it was saying that a Sikh had gone on a hunger fast as a protest and so they got him in to talk about it. He says, I'm a taxi driver and I can't go from Liverpool to Greater Manchester. I've got to pay £25 to leave and go through to Manchester and then I've got to pay to go back. And then he says, some of the governments want to bring in a pound a mile. Why? Because it's all to do with control. There's a control coming. It's all happening subtly and quietly, and we need to wake up to what is happening. I'm not a conspiracist. I'm looking to what the Bible is prophesying. It's coming, therefore I need to be ready, because Christ could come at any time and take us out of it. Okay. So, they want control of your money. There's war, famines, earthquakes. Seasons are changing, aren't they? Or they put it down to the carbon print, but the Bible says... These things will happen in the end times. Know that you are in the end days when these things happen, when you see them. Let's wake up. It is spiritual darkness and we are called to waken out of sleep. This isn't a natural sleep, friends. 
It's an hypnotic sleep. That's what the text means. It means that we've become hypnotized. We've become transfixed with other things. We've got so many problems in our lives and we focus on them, forgetting what's happening that we need to waken up to. So we can be like hypnotized with the lust for money. We can be hypnotized with, you know, sleeping around. We can be hypnotized by just doing the stuff we're doing. But let's awaken to what is really happening and what the Holy Spirit is saying and what he wants us to wake up to. Jesus said this in John 9, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Night is coming. What is Jesus talking about? It's the spiritual darkness that is coming upon us subtly. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. Let us interpret the times, not in fear, but in a knowledge that it's all part of God's greater plan. Okay. Thirdly, the Lord's coming is near. It is imminent. He could come at any time. Listen, not every church will go in the rapture. Wow. Is Hey, up! He's uh, he's a fanatic. I'm I'm telling you this, and if you're listening online, listen to what I'm saying. Not every church will go in the rapture. Not every believer will end up being called up by the Lord. Why? There's a huge falling away. Now, this is the Bible talks about a huge falling away before Jesus comes again. What is that? Is the world falling away? No. He's talking about the church, the believers. Christodinum. It's falling away. What is he falling away from? The truth. It's falling away from the authority of God. It's falling away from the authority of Scripture. It's turning its back on it. Okay? So, this is part of the times. What do I mean? I mean that church denominations, church leaders, individuals have embraced the world's doctrine of woke and Stonewall, LGTBQ+. Okay, you're a fanatic, Chris. So what? It's influenced many, and the church has voted in many areas for it. So what are they doing? They're voting for the LGTBQ+, and they've not re churches have not really thought it through, and the leadership of the denominations have made a choice and decided that the churches will embrace it. Forget what God says. This is what the world says. We live in a modern culture. We've got to embrace modernism. And so we're embracing it and rejecting what God says. But you say, no, they're not rejecting God. They still go to church. They still believe. No, they're rejecting God. They're turning down his word. You know? And let me just tell you a story in the Bible. It's called Achan. It's Joshua and his armies going into the promised land. They've got God with them. God's on their side. They crossed the Jordan miraculously. The, uh, uh, what's it called? The Jordan and Jericho is walled around with massive walls and there's no way in. And yet God has given... Joshua a promise he's told them to go marching around and to sing and to pray seven times and at the end shout and the walls will come down go in and take it 
So they did. But he said, do not take anything from there because everything that's in that place is set aside for destruction. Have nothing to do with it. Separate it. Don't get involved. So they all went in, fought the battle, won the war, and then they went to fight another battle in Ai, and Israel lost and started to be defeated. The whole community was crying and weeping and said to Joshua, what have we done? What's wrong? So they had to have an inquiry, and they prayed, and God showed them through taking all the the tribes and working through them and came to the family of Achan. What Achan had done is saw a wedge of gold. He saw a Babylonian coat that was beautifully woven and he coveted it. He wanted it. So he took it, hid it in his tent, thought nobody would know about it. God knew. And so all of Israel came under the judgment of one man. Listen to the churches and the denominations if they start embracing and rejecting God. Everybody that's involved with those churches will be clumped together and God will say, I'm going to judge it. And when Jesus comes, you will be left behind. Let's think about it for a minute. I think churches have not really thought it through. So one, one of these days, because we've got the plus involved, that means anything goes. One day, through this church door, I think it's not longer in the near future, we'll have a man come through the door or a person come through the door and say, will you marry my, me and my horse? It's funny, yes, I know. But this is the plus and this is what we've not thought about. And I won't be able to say anything about it because we've embraced it. Because you'll be discriminating. And therefore you're chucked into a, a real problem. Anti-God, anti his ways, anti his laws. If you're in that situation today, I'd, I'd advise you to get out of it and find a church that believes the Bible, preaches the truth, and stands on the truth. And be called a fanatic. Be called a bigot. We're not fanatics. We love, we love the sin and we love the world and we want them to be saved. But this is all going to be closed down. Do you know the Bible will be called illegal? In fact, that's what's happening now. People are trying to quote scriptures, going to be taken through the courts. And if they lose in the court, then the Bible will become illegal. And to quote it will become illegal. Are we thinking these things through today? Well, one day that's going to happen. It's going to be on the cards because this is the way the world's going to go. And this is the way God will allow it. But don't worry. Look up because Jesus is coming for us. Now, Jesus said this. He said in uh, Luke 12... 54, 57, he says, and this was also saying, to, this was also saying to the crowds, when you see the cloud arising in the west, immediately say, a shower is coming. And as soon as it's out, and it turns out that way, and when you see the south wind blowing, you'll say, it'll be a hot day, and it turns out that way. He says this to them. Now, this is to Israel, to the Jews, to the chosen. He says, you hypocrites. Wow. This is what got them mad about him. He says, you hypocrites. You know how to, uh, you know to analyse the appearance of the earth and sky. But why don't you analyse this present time? What was Jesus saying? He says, well, I'm here with you right now in your midst. And you know me not. Well, how did that happen? Because they did not apply themselves to know the times they were in. 
Isn't that incredible? That whole generation rejected Jesus. Only a few accepted him. They didn't understand the time. They didn't analyse it and look and apply themselves to it. Some did. And praise the Lord, they were, they'll be with him forever. But those who rejected him, ready to stone him, it's all because they didn't analyse and look and think. See, God has given us brain. God has given you free will. And you can choose this morning to look, analyse, and trust and put your faith in and make a step forward into what God is saying. Or go with the world. Okay? A lot of churches have done that. And there will be a time when Jesus comes, he talks about sheep and goats, and he'll separate. This is what's going to happen. He'll separate the churches that have just accepted all the world and rejected him. It's what happened here. People rejected him. The Jews. He says, you hypocrites. He says to the churches today who are rejecting him and embracing the world, you hypocrites. When I come, you'll be knocking on the door, let me in, and he'll say, I never knew you. Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we preach? Didn't we? I never knew you. Depart from me. Wow. Wow. You have a responsibility this morning. You have a responsibility if you're listening online. I'm saying it as it is. Because I've had to come to that conclusion myself this week. Are you interpreting the times? Are you looking at the sky? Are you looking at what's happening around us? And are you ready? And are you waking up? Fourthly, I think this is lastly, church, get ready. Our salvation is nearer than when you first believed. In 1981, I became a Christian. Things have changed since them days. They were telling me, Jesus is coming then. And through the decades, I sort of, oh yeah, we've heard all that before. But if we start looking at the times today, there's never a time like this. That this time now, it's happening. Um... <clears throat> I had a friend um, who, uh, many years ago, we, were, we had a bit of a fallout and uh, a disagreement and um, lost our friendship, became sort of a tendency. Uh, Eleven years later, I was taking the dog for a walk <laughs> and uh, had a day off work and I was going to go that way and I decided to go this way. And so uh, I was just doing the thing with the dog on the, on the field and... I could see out the side of my eye this guy running towards me with his arms open like this. I thought, oh, way up. And uh, I thought, maybe this is a YouTuber who's recognised me <laughs> for my YouTube day. <laughs> I didn't recognise him. Yet he came running to me with arms open. And I, he said, it's Simon. I went, oh, why word? I put my hand out to shake his hand. He said, no, nah, give me a hug. He said, we've been too long like this. He said, Jesus is coming again. He said, I just want to get it all right. Oh, I thought, wow, that was a fantastic embrace. A, an aroma to God of reconciliation and a beauty that, that, that was pleasing to the Lord. He said, I've realised the rapture's coming, Chris. I said, yes. And what an agreement we had. And we're great friends again. It's what God can do, what God does do. And that's what he wants us to do. He doesn't want us to be tied up in churches fighting and arguing. Get it right. Get right with each other. He's coming. You know, get, get other things put off because the Bible teaches us to put off. What does it say at the beginning? What I read in Romans. It says to uh, awaken, put off drunkenness, 
Put off sexual promiscuity. Put off sensuality, strife, jealousy. And put on the Lord Jesus. So we're putting off things. Okay, because he's coming. Because I can see the time is short and I'm not ready. Why? Because I'm indulging in all this stuff. So the Bible says, put it off. So what do I do? That is the stuff I'm involved with. Take it off. By faith, by an act. And what, what does it say? Put on Christ. So this is another code, if you can imagine. I'm clothing myself in Christ. How do we clothe ourselves in Christ? Well, if you're at enmity, make up with somebody. Take, it takes humility. It takes a reevaluation. <coughs> Life is too short to fight and to battle with one another. And there's a beauty in reconciliation. It's a wonderful thing. And God, it says, where brethren dwell in unity, there he has commanded his blessing. Like the oil running down on the head of Aaron, down his beard. It's a beautiful thing, God says. And that's where he's commanded the blessing. I certainly felt it that day. It's sweet, a sweet aroma to the Lord. So it teaches us to put off. So if we're indulging in pornography, or okay, we all have a tipple at pornography. It happens, even if you're just looking online for something, it pops up. And the Bible's there, it tells us the lust of the flesh, it just, boom, kicks in, and you're sort of, ooh, like a magnet. So it's, it's an effort to put off, put it off, turn away from it. Don't let it stimulate you. Cut, nip it in the bud. Drunkenness, carousing, everything here the Bible's talking about is put it off. Do you know something? If you get involved with the, the, the flesh, it seems good at the time. Somebody says it's like uh, tasting honey, <laughs> which quickly turns to gravel in the mouth. And it's the gravel that stays for ages, chewing on your teeth. It's, it's, it's a nuisance. So put it off. Let the sweetness of the Lord, because he has no sorrow to his blessing. Okay, put on Christ, live for him. So, finishing this, it says, what, I've put written here, what do Christians look like who have fallen asleep? Well, there's seven ways that shows it. Maybe you could tick this box, and maybe you could say, I'm going to change that. Right, first one, a slacking of faith. Your faith dwindling, your fervor's lost, you become indifferent. A lack of expectation. Oh, I'm fed up with praying. I'm not praying anymore. God doesn't move. He doesn't speak to me. He's not interested in what I'm saying. So we have a lack of, a lack of expectation. Then we become uninvolved. Not interested in what the church is doing. Not in, interested in evangelism. Who cares? And then there's indifference. We become indifferent to God's word. Indifferent to this call. Maybe this word that I'm preaching this morning, become indifferent to it. A focus on other things priorities of wealth and making money and the things of this life a drive for money and a godless life maybe those things have taken up in our residence in our hearts this is a sign that you've fallen asleep in the light you are the church and you can be in the church singing listening and yet not applying you can be in the church Listening to the prayers, hearing the word of God. What a blessing we have today to hear the word of God. And yet 
not applying a thing that is said. You go out the door, it's over your head, gone. That's what they did in Jesus' day. Did not apply and therefore rejected. Let's apply God's word. Let's wake up. In the morning, I often watch The Early Bird with Norman Wisdom. <laughs> Brilliant film. He wakes up at four o'clock in the morning. He's half asleep. He makes a cup of tea, falls down the stairs, manages to keep the tea. He's walking around half asleep. That's what it's talking about. We're half asleep. We snap out of it. And at the end of the so he's skipping off out the door with his milk crate. He's awake. That's where God wants us. Awake. Finishing Revelation 3.11, the Amplified Version says this, I am coming quickly. Hold tight to what you have so that no one will take your crown, i.e. by leading you to renounce your faith. For you were once darkness, this is Ephesians 5.8, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. This is the way it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise and shine, for Christ will shine upon you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning. We don't want to bring words like this. We want to talk about your love. We want to talk about your grace. We want to talk about healings and all kinds of things. But this morning, how serious your word is that we are to awaken. We are to apply your word. We are to live as if you're coming again right now, ready today. Lord, we don't want to be with those who are rejecting you or allow our faith to dwindle or to be what we're not meant to be. We'll never be happy. But Lord, awaken us, sharpen us, refire us, redirect us, recalibrate us, Lord. Yes, recalibration, Lord, in the things of you this morning. You can do it, Lord, if we just say, yes, Lord, that's me. And Lord, surrender to you afresh through prayer, faith, and just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm here. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you.